Uh, Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. I hate you. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just when we search, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is Tuesday, September the 5th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. Uh, it's good to have you here, Charlie. It's in, good to be uh, here. Good, good to be here. I don't know why good I luck said to you. that. Good luck to you, sir. Um, I'm enjoying this final series. I've enjoyed the week off. I've enjoyed the bye. How did you feel about the bye? I know a lot of people complain about the bye. I like the bye. All it's been this week is just like people saying that it's unfair and that, you know, it's like, uh, shut up. Shut up. The draw is unfair. The competition itself is unfair. You can't tell me that you deserve that much more power. You already get a home final. You get a second chance if you finish in the final four. You don't need more than that. Have a week off and give everyone a chance to play in the finals. It's a much fairer system. And give us as consumers a break. Like... I mean, it was nice just to have like a week where I didn't have to keep check up on all the football scores, read every newspaper, read every article, listen to every podcast. It's like, okay, I can just be a bit selective now and take a breath and get excited again about the finals. I think it's, I think it's, it's good structure, Will, to have a bit of a lull before you go into the final act. Right. That's absolutely the case. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where, and because this week starts on Thursday, it doesn't really feel like it's a whole two weeks. You know, by the time, you know, you have some best and fairest, by the time, you know, you have some sort of, you know, retirees and you have a few delistings and there's a bit of trade talk around. And it's like, a Mad Monday uh, cosplay. Yeah, some cosplay. <laughs> you obviously got to get some time for some cosplay to get into the papers. Yeah. Got to get some free air. You got to see got to see some footballer holding a dildo in Fed Square. <laughs> I've got to say, I was amazed. Is it always the case that like uh, Mad Monday falls around book week? Because they're the kind of two... I reckon book week is where kids... <laughs> that's your first Mad Monday book week, right? Yeah, right. Because it's like dressing up like a character yeah, from yeah. a book. And it's always where there's some racial incident. You know, there was one... The one I guess that I'm connecting the two is there was that kid, you know, who blackfaced up in Western Australia because he loved Nick Natanui and it was book week. And I don't know, Nick Natanui was wrote, in a book wrote, or... Wrote had, a book. Had read a book or something. <laughs> and there was some tenuous link. Anyway, blackface was involved. Right. And so I guess... But that's what I always kind of think of of like Mad Monday is like book week for AFL footballers. Yeah, definitely. I don't understand Maybe, the connection. <laughs> well, because in book week, they dress like their favorite oh, yeah, characters. Right, 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 yeah. And on Mad Monday, they dress like they all get dressed up, right? Well, when what's and the earliest known incidents? Because obviously the dressing up has got more elaborate now. Yeah. Like when you see, I saw like a photo of Sam Gilbert from this Mad Monday where he was like Legolas from Lord of the Rings, but with like a full like prosthetics ears and like he'd gone to a lot of trouble for it. He really misunderstood when somebody says we're going to get Legolas on Mad <laughs> Monday. <laughs> I'm ready to get Legolas, guys. But oh, I thought everyone was dressing as Legolas. But it used to be that a bloke could rock up with a feather boa and a cowboy hat, and that was his Mad Monday outfit. But now, even like when I, I went for a, a run uh, on last Monday, and I saw my local footy clubs, probably like a mix of you know AFL and NRL, uh, uh, rug, uh, rugby union, what do you call it, league, league clubs, yeah, all on their Mad Monday, and those guys are going to heaps of trouble. Lots of fucking like Mario's running around. Oh and- no, there's been a massive trickle down effect of Mad Monday. Yeah. Now I would say, and they may not be the earliest uh, known incident of it, but the people who made Mad Monday popular in the dress up sense were Geelong. 
Uh, it was a Geelong yes. Jimmy thing. Bartell, I believe, is particularly good at it. Well, they had... Here's what I would say about Geelong. They had a fresh vibe with it. And it, it felt satirical. Yeah, that's it right. It felt on the edge, you know. Yeah, you felt topical. Like, it always felt like it reflected some news. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. like, this is Mad Monday meets Good News yeah. Week. <laughs> it's like, like Mad Monday meets Looney. <laughs> right. It's like <laughs> One day, Cameron Ling just came just as a duck staring at a flower. You really, teardrop. you really have to be up to date with the local news <laughs> to understand the Mad Monday costumes. I liked it. There was a story behind them but it doesn't feel like that anymore it feels like you can just dress up as anything it's halloween now. essentially yeah. exactly yeah. i think i like the backstory i feel like you should have to you know have some i'd like to see them bring a bit of satire back to mad monday i guess that's what i want i heard a story from a friend of mine who played some afl yeah uh in his first season the mad monday he got directed to a private room in a pub and he said when he walked in Everyone in there was naked. All everyone was just standing around drinking uh, it. And in the nude. if you wanted to come in, you had to get nude yep. before they'd give you a beer. <laughs> okay. I mean, keep your clothes on, boys. <laughs> keep your costumes on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's satirical. Maybe that was a satire of some kind. <laughs> Maplethorpe. <laughs> I don't know. Tribute or something. <laughs> Who's that guy who takes all those pictures? Like. Of nude people yeah, outside the, thousand, the opera house no, and stuff. I can't remember that yeah, guy. Yeah, that that's guy. what. That's definitely what they were doing. <laughs> it's, it's that guy. Homage. It was a tribute to that guy who was quite hot in Australia. Oh for god! A while. If, if one more team gets more existential than Richmond, <laughs> <laughs> I would like all the Mad Mondays to have a theme like that. Yeah. I think that would give people like the Caroline Wilsons of the world who like want to rain on the Mad Monday parade. And by the way, I think there's like. It is that sort of thing about what do you mean? that. She's not a fan. Well, I mean, there's that style of commentator. Maybe not just Caro, you know, but there's kind of an old school footy Come reporter on, like who just... hates Mad Monday, who yeah. doesn't like the idea of the players getting dressed up. Oh, you know when the shit went down? Was it who went dressed as a St Kilda schoolgirl? Uh, yeah, that was Jimmy Bartel. Yeah, that was Jimmy and, Bartel. And I think Cameron Ling was was Chicken Nixon. Yeah, so that that I think that was your. All aboard the chicken train. I think that was your final, like, when everyone was like, okay, just generic costumes next year. (laughs) (laughs) Too satirical. I mean, the AFL is ripe for lampooning this year. I think the theme of Mad Monday should be that, you know, like the... Didn't uh, Joel Selwood come as Jake King one day? Like, he came in a Richmond outfit with sleeve tattoos and got Jake King to drop him off on the back of a motorbike. See, that is the sort of level of detail. I That's would so love it. Meta. Well, I want to see it be self-referential like that. Yeah. That's what I've settled on. Let's get rid of the, the, the broader satire. You can leave the world alone. But I want to see a return to the Talking chicken about, their industry. about the industry. So it like it's yeah, one of right. those things where I want to see issues that have gone on in the AFL that year reflected in the costumes on Mad Monday. It's very uh, Shakespearean. I like it. Right? Yes. You know, people kind of like coming dressed with like a, you know, can you imagine if, for example, that, um, you know, uh, Luke Dalhouse went to the Bulldogs Mad Monday and he'd fashioned out of like paper mache, like a Toby Green, like with his foot yeah, flying yeah, yeah, yeah. at his face and he just kind of wore it as a hat, like around, or somebody dressed like D- Dalhouse. Toby Green. No, but, get another player to come as Toby Green. Oh yeah, with a fake leg <laughs> aimed at Dalhouse's face yeah. at all times. So they walk around like they're they're tied together. Yeah, and just with one leg, just like pointed at his face. Yeah, it's using time. that same technology. Those people pretend to float in the mall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go down and knock a wizard off his perch, steal his perch, and take it to Mad Monday. I mean, imagine the intrigue within the AFL. You know, the affairs and the sackings. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's rife. Rife for satire. 
Maybe that's what Danny McGinley will be hired to do next, is like come up with some satirical observations about the AFL this year or about the Bulldogs this year and advise on Mad Monday costumes. I have not followed this up with Danny McGinley and I, and I, I, I could have. So we're wandering into the area of even more pure speculation than normal for our podcast. But I heard uh, BT say on Triple M uh, in his kind of like, you know, tell us something we don't know, whispers sort of segment... <laughs> Uh, that uh, Danny McGinley had been told to uh, back it off a little bit Ooh. because the Bulldogs were thinking that he was getting a bit too uh, big for the club. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's true, if there's any truth to it, but I know that B- BT wildly speculated about it on radio as if it was true. Is it the attention for the banners or is it more to do with what's been said in the banners? Well, I think the banners have been great. And I think that he, uh, well, normally, like from what he promotes. By the way, I don't know if any of this is true. And right. I know Danny, so I probably could have just messaged him <laughs> and found out. But <laughs> I, but instead, let's wildly speculate yeah, on let's the podcast instead. Um, I love the banners and I think he's done a great job with them. And I don't think he oversteps the mark at all. I think he's always had a really great sense of like which ones work and they're very mm. respectful of you know other clubs on big days and they actually have a good I've always thought they have a good tone for the the game and you know what the kind of you know rivalries between teams are and stuff like that so if it is true I would be disappointed to hear it I remember there was a banner when I was a kid when St Kilda was on a roll and it was uh, the dogs were put down the eagles were shot and Carlton you're next because the Saints are running hot. Oh, my God. That's pretty aggressive, isn't it? I think it even had like like the there was bu- a dog was that had been... The Bulldogs were put the down. Do- the dogs were put down. The dogs were put down. The Eagles were shot. <laughs> and Carlton, you're next because the Saints are running hot. The Blues have got depression. <laughs> the Bombers crashed into a building. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. This is terrible. You're horrible. You can't die. We talked the Giants into committing suicide. <laughs> We put poison. Giants in the- die young because of their bodies. <laughs> Don't support them. God, it's dark. Oh, my God. Really should have got this really dark, edgy comic. Uh, okay, uh, here's something I wanted to talk about today, uh, Charlie, on this podcast, which is that yeah. something we wildly speculated about during the season almost came true this week, and it would have been probably... Oh, yeah. Probably would have been the greatest moment of all for our podcast uh, when it, it just seemed for a moment that the news had broken that Luke Hodge may have been recruited uh, to the Gold Coast in some sort of player-coach scenario. Now, now the- maybe player-assistant coach rather than player-coach, which was my preference. Right. And maybe thinking he'll play all the games rather than wear his uniform under his coaching uniform and just run down when needed, which was what I wanted. <laughs> but... Still close enough. It, it was can you, now. Can you remind me because I don't really listen back to this. So you you said that Luke Hodge to the Gold Coast to be player, yeah, coach, player coach, right? Luke Hodge, Luke, Luke, Luke Hodge to the Gold Coast. We did a whole bit about that. Whole bit about. I don't remember. It. It. I mean, fair enough. I understand that. Like, but it's great. Look, hey, I'll take the plaudits. I mean, yeah. I mean, congratulations to you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I think what we've learned here, Charlie, is what I'd like to call the David King principle, <laughs> which is if you spout enough nonsense, occasionally by the law of averages, right. one of it will just stick and you'll seem like a genius. So, uh, yeah, I expect that I'll be on the lab, in the lab next year, um, uh, move over Kingy. I'll be bringing my own lab coat and my own statistics. But When they do that little diagram of that man spinning around in the, in the screen yeah. in the back of the lab, your one will just have like red lights around the hips. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Showing like the trouble zones. 
<laughs> I'll have uh, Doc Larkins actually in the studio just doing a medical report on me. Uh, he's asked for some more. Uh, he's asked for some more of that green mist. <laughs> the magic spray. Magic spray. More magic spray. He's not even on. More magic spray. Um, so I've got a. I'm going to make an even further suggestion. Okay. I, I think. By the ha- way, was that true? Was there an offer put out to Hodge? So apparently, Mark Evans spoke to Hodgie. They've they've dismissed it as being more in a sort of jokey right, fashion, right, right. but it seems that the approach was at least made in yeah. some. Mark way. Evans said, "I was listening to two guys on carpet." Yeah. Well, I think Mark Evans did it a bit like you might mm. ask someone to go out with you and like for primary threesome. school. No, it's oh, like yeah, right. it's, it's, a, it's a way you ask for a threesome. Like your girlfriend's talking to a good friend of hers, yeah. and you so, just yeah. you make a joke about yeah. it. You know, maybe you guys <laughs> should make out. Yeah. Oh no, just joke. Of course yeah. not. No, what? Well, I should go. I should leave. Okay, we're yeah. we're breaking up. All right, sorry. <laughs> so I like to think the bad Tony Cochran was listening to this podcast for ideas. That's what I'd like to think, Charlie. So if that is the case, if that is indeed true. I, lo- I love how he's evolved into mad Tony Cochran, like <laughs> Nag King Robert. <laughs> like it makes so much sense. You know, the, the, the mad king. The, 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 mad, the, the mad president king the mad, of the, the North. <laughs> Tony Cochran, the mad president of the North. Uh, so... He uh, crazy, fucking crazy, fucking crazy, fucking crazy. <laughs> he's insane. Yes, he's insane. <laughs> uh, Tony Cocker and the Mad King. Um, I would like to say, if you are listening to the podcast, um, I've got some more crazy ideas for you. So, um, I I was so enthused by the idea of. Because here's the thing about the Gold Coast. I don't know if you saw that this week. Uh, Gary Ablett won mm. their best and fairest. I know. He didn't play eight games the he year. He played 14 games and he won their best and fairest. Like, he's clearly... And they've only won five games out of, like, 40-odd games that he hasn't played. Like, it's insane. Like, everybody talks about how bad he's been for that club. But after a while, you've just got to go... Actually, he, he, he was awesome. Yeah. And they were much better with him there. And... They were just awful. And of course he wants to fucking leave. Like, how shit must a place be if you are not willing to stay there for heaps of money and you'd rather live in Geelong? <laughs> like, come on. Like, it's got to be a crook joint. And so, obviously, my first preference is bulldoze the entire thing into the ocean. But if we can't do that, if we need to fix the Gold Coast, then I'm going to be positive today, Charlie. Yeah. And I'm going to offer them a positive solution. Great. How about the AFL goes to the retired players yes. from this year. So goes to a Luke Hodge. Yeah, goes to a Rui. Yeah. Goes to these like stars from of the, the game. From Queensland, Rui. Right. Yeah. But in a sort of like, I guess like a... De- Collective... Like a- well, I mean, like in just a yeah, a Suicide Squad. Yeah, you know, like a, a group a of guys share. for one last mission. Yeah. Well, Gold Coast oh. is the timeshare place, right? But to coach or play coach, play coach. Oh, like a team, a dirty dozen, a dirty dozen. Yeah. They, they take in like a dirty dozen, right? Yeah, and one last mission, one last mission, <laughs> right? You get all the gang together. That's you great. can't tell me if you could convince Hodgie and Rui and Prittis and Montagna, Bob, Murphy. Bob Murphy. What a good crew. Sam Mitchell. You offer them all some Gold Coast real estate, right? Yeah. As part of the deal. You all want to be coaches and yeah. be in football. Mad Tony Cochran of the North will divide right. up the seven territories. Right. <laughs> Revolt, you shall have cans. Right. <laughs> 
wouldn't that be amazing? And they all get, I mean, the range of players you've got there, yeah. you put them with the young players. Just one more year. Get them all there, up there as like superstars. That would get, that's what the Gold Coast wants. Yeah. The Gold Coast wants, you know, movie world on the Gold Coast. Yeah. They want to see. Yeah, it has the, all the tasteless razzle-dazzle that right. the Gold Coast like demands. It's people wringing the a year of out of heart. what they love <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for money. Yeah. Nothing says the Gold Coast more than that. It has all the shallow lack of integrity. <laughs> It's that the people, Gold Coast demands. It's people moving from where they want to be to somewhere slightly warmer for their arthritis. <laughs> it's the Gold Coast. Perfect. Right. Someone with arthritis. Right. You should go up there oh, to no. do the banners. <laughs> Everyone is just, help me. Help me, please. I will kill myself. <laughs> the king is mad. <laughs> so that's Good what news. I would like. Uh, now, uh, Charlie, I have some other stuff here. Okay. So I just, I mean, we probably should have this meeting off there. Right. Are we going to do, we're going to talk about the last four teams in the bottom eight that didn't make it? Yes. And then we'll do our tips. Yes, okay. absolutely. But continue. So, yeah. So this is just general business. All right. We're still in this, the part of the show I like to think of as general business. Okay. <laughs> we're GBing. Uh, okay. So uh, tipping. So. Oh, do we have to go into this? Well, here's the thing. The results of the ever tipping have been on the Facebook page if people wanted to see it. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, first, firstly, the thing about tipping is, particularly in a season as unpredictable as this, is there's no great, you know, skill or boasting. But Nathan, who's been doing our tipping and following our tipping, uh, sent us some interesting stats, yeah. which I just thought might be fun to to go through this. Like, just in that general zone of how much do experts really know about football? This is kind of the tenor of this conversation. So uh, the scores at the end were I managed to get 129 and you got 114. So I really am much better at tipping than you. But anyway, it's just random. So who fucking knows? Uh, The winner of the AFL.com.au tipping comp finished with 144. Okay. All right. Will's 129 would have had him placed inside the top 2%. Oh, see, fuck off. You kind of both ways. You're like, it's random, whatever. And then when you read that 2%, you get that shit-eating grin and you hold up your fingers like Richard Nixon. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Charlie. I only said that thing about it being random to be nice to you because you're so terrible. Well, I wasn't like- going to bring this up. But since the gloves are off, I deliberately picked a few. Well, in a year, yeah, with those heads of upsets, I would, t- I would pick two things that were... Just to be contrary. Yeah. You pick the wrong upsets. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, of all the years. Well, that's like a gambler at the casino yeah, going, going yeah. I just took more chances. Yeah, yeah. yeah you did. I that's what you lost as much as this guy. <laughs> and somehow I lost. <laughs> I went for heaps crazier odds. Yeah. And I don't have any of my money, whereas he played the more safe bets and he's got all of his left. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> so... um, <laughs> Anyway, no. I, uh, so here we go. How do we get fair against the knowledgeable media or celebrities? Uh, I managed to tip better than Mark Robo 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 Robot Robinson, uh, one hundred twenty-five. Robo got so in your face, fucking Robo for in front of Robo. Uh, David the Lab King, one hundred twenty-one. Wayne the King Carey, one hundred twenty-one. In your face, the King, the King. <laughs> The other king, not the mad king. Uh, Richo, 119. The Bont, 114. So me and the Bont are the same person, essentially. Exactly. (laughs) That's why I love you both. (laughs) (laughs) And if either of you ever leave me, I have nothing left in football. So... (laughs) 
Uh, that's bad tipping by the Bond, though. That's what I would say. That is bad tipping by the Bond. Well, I kept tipping the Bulldogs. Well, I did. I tipped the Bulldogs every week as well. So we both did that. Actually, that's probably what fucked me up. Definitely seven. I could have been seven wins higher. Uh, Yeah, but I could have as well if I'd picked against the Bulldogs occasionally. Yeah, yeah. But we've got to be loyal to our teams, Charlie. Uh, All right. Uh, Chris Judd, 109. That's, That's poor from Chris Judd. That's what I would say. Uh, just to put it in perspective, uh, Bill Shorten and Malcolm Turnbull, 115 each. And uh, Malcolm Turnbull's <laughs> assistant, we should say. <laughs> and uh, closest to me was Coco the guinea pig from ABC Radio's <laughs> Footy Tips. So you so, know as much as a rodent. Me and Coco the guinea pig, <laughs> about the same, but way, way ahead of Kingy. So it'll be me and Coco the guinea pig in the lab next year. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's all my housekeeping. That's all, all right. my business. So, so uh, should we get into the analysis of? We got up to North Melbourne, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to look up the a, ladder. The ladder on afl.com.au, and we can. I really feel I like I'm ill-equipped to offer any valid insight. As I've been saying all year, this is just a vibe kind of thing. Okay. So yeah. So we got to. Okay. So Brisbane, uh, Gold Coast, Carlton, North Melbourne. Yeah. We covered off. So. Uh, Fremantle in 14th. What was your vibe on Fremantle? <laughs> I don't know. I actually was a big backer of Freo at the start of the year. You know, they got the, they went like five, in, five on the There's top a little, one stage. There's a little burst. I've always been a big believer in Ross Lyon. I think he's a good coach. Having seen what he does firsthand, I'm like, he's, he very rarely coaches teams that just capitulate. But this year, that's what happened. Like, I... They, they look to be in a bit of trouble. I mean, it's interesting. Where do they go? Like, do they go the full rebuild? Do they do the semi-rebuild? Because their guns are guns, but there seems to be a big drop-off. Well, here's what I'm going to say about Fremantle. I think often they were the worst side in the entire competition this year, and we could not beat them. <laughs> like, we, they, they ruined us. We were going along fine, like not playing that well, but winning a heap of games early on in the season, and we were nicely positioned to get a bit better as the season went on and actually make a good run for the finals. And then we played fucking Fremantle, and they murdered us. <laughs> and then we just were like, well, if we can't beat Fremantle, then we must be shit, and we were. So what do you reckon they do about next year? Like, they're obviously hanging on to Fife. Are they going to build around him? Well, What happens with Ross Lyon? He's got, what, three years to go on that five-year contract? Yeah, so, well, the thing about Rossi Lyon that I would say is probably that... <sighs> he's terrifying. Know. I mean, he's terrifying. I mean, he's, I like him in the game. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, I was listening to the Junk Time uh, AFL podcast. We were talking about that at... Uh, they did a live show and uh, Cozzy was on the show and he was telling some great stories about Ross Lyon. And then uh, Ruzi came on and of course Ruzi and Ross Lyon are, are friends as well. And he tells some great stories about him. And you're like, I like Ross Lyon. I like that he's around the game. I like that he's still a coach. Like he's a bit of an old school coach. Yeah. And now with Rocket E gone yeah, and you know left. Mick Malthouse gone. Like those old sort of grumpy, yell, old yell, yeah, yelly coaches. Yeah, yelly guys that you just think could probably like genuinely destroy people. I, I think Dennis Pagan, Chris Fagan looks like a yeller. Oh, he's very know. emotional, don't you reckon? Yeah, but he he's seems- a kind of guy who I reckon like he would drag you and give you a, a talking to. And then apologize afterwards. It's just to be like, oh, I just, I just had to yell at you. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's like what a Labrador. You need. Yeah, it's like oh, I don't actually like to do it, but yeah. it's like it's what you need. It's like those videos you see where you know someone raises a lion from like one to three, and then it gets taken back to the wild, and they go find the lion again. It runs out, 
And when it sees you, it looks ferocious, but all it's doing is giving you a bit of a cuddle. That's what I reckon it would be like getting a dressing down. I reckon it'd be like, uh, have you ever seen that movie, So I Married an Ex-Murderer? Okay, so you know that Anthony Lopalia, he plays like the, you know, the police chief and he's like... His partner. He plays the cop. Who who wants it to be Starsky and Hutch. He's always dressed in the 70s outfit. And and he has this like a police captain and he's always wanted like the relationship where the police captain says, you know, I want your badge. And and so there's a point where he actually gets that. Hmm. But it's just pretending, right? It's just the cop going, was that good? Was that good? Is that what you wanted? I think that's what it would be like. (laughs) So no, no. So Tony Rockcliffe's not taking it seriously when Chris Fagan gives him a dressing down. Oh, I think in the moment, in the yeah. moment, he might be like, oh, is this real? Yeah. And then at the end, Chris would be like, did you like that? Did you like that? <laughs> was that like Ross Lyon would do it? Well, do you think if Ross Lyon was to leave Frio now, there would be interest from other clubs? Do you reckon like a Gold Coast or something could do with the Ross Lyon? Fuck, imagine Ross Lyon running a broom through the Gold Coast. He wouldn't put up with any of that shit. Can you imagine mad Tony Cochran coming down and trying to bully Ross Lyon? Can you imagine how that would go? How about this? Because this would be a perfect Gold Coast mess. Uh, you get all those former players to agree that they're going to go, like, you know, the all the retirees, the dirty dozen, and they get Ross Lyon to coach them because it's so un-Ross Lyon. Well, actually, no, it isn't actually because it's like he like quite likes the idea of a bunch of superstars and then like some other kind of nameless, faceless yeah, people. And, he's, and he coached and he coached Revolt for like six years. I reckon that's a that's a pretty good one. Oh, and he takes Zach Dawson with him. Zach Dawson for one last one last. Season. Like he's got no. The, but the thing is, when they go to find Zach Dawson, he's been living in a like a <laughs> hut in Tibet. He's sworn off football and you're Ross like, Lyon and like Nick Revolt have to go in there and convince him to come out for one last mission. I ain't like, going back to the Gold Coast. You're like, this is really weird because you only retired like three <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah, like I'm in a hut in Bali. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really liking this idea of the Dirty Dozen going right. to the Gold Coast. But I love it because I can see the movie poster. Right. And I'm like, okay, so... I mean, Hodge is clearly going to be the leader, but I imagine Hodge and Revolt would have, there would be some tension, right? right? Because they're both natural born leaders and they would do things very different. Hodge is the, you know, the man's man. Nick Revolt's that kind of like a demanding of excellence, blah, blah. blah. So I think. You need both, though. That's what the Gold Coast is, you know? It's like one's one's bloody Willem Dafoe in in Platoon and the other one's Tom Berenger. Right? I mean, like. You need the yin and the yang. The yin and the yang. That's what you need. I mean, I it's amazing. But what supporting cast as well? Sam Mitchell's like the tactician, right? He's the one who comes up with all the genius kind of like moves. And then you got Matthew Prittis, who, well, is Matthew Prittis. But that's what I mean. In everyone like sort of Ocean's Eleven or Dirty Dozen style thing, you need people with a range of skills. Yeah. Sometimes Joey Montana's scurrying around up pipes and stuff. Bob Murphy is just kind of just evading, right? And the charismatic con man sort of thing. You need that sort of character. Oh, yeah, no. And Zach is... Dawson is just like the Hulk kind of creature, just like a blunt force instrument <laughs> that you bring out just for that one big, just run through, smash him. I like to think that like he's also there for the kind of running joke. Like he's the kind of, oh, Zach, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> kind of the Urkel. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, uh, uh, Frio. All right, so that's Frio. Thumbs down to Frio. Uh, well, it's good it? that Nat Fife will be better next season after. Uh, I just can't get a, a beat season. on where they're at. I don't know. I mean, they dropped off so quickly last year, and then this year there was this kind of like false kind of mo- momentum, and now they seem to have fallen off the face of the earth. So, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I give their season a D. That's a fail, isn't it? D? Mm, no, F is a fail. A is a fail, probably. A. 
Okay. Well, isn't there an E? E's a good. E's a good. Is there an E's a good? Again, for the Gold Coast. That'd be great. That's their new theme song. Yeah. <laughs> one more, one, one last thing. The Mad King well, has demanded we change the theme song to Ebenezer Good. It's appropriate that you give Fremantle a big F, right? Yeah, yeah big F. Big F for Freo. Um, look, I think they probably stopped trying. That's what I will say. If I reckon they stopped trying. And uh, I think that they'll probably be better for, you know, the high draft picks and whatever We should else. also mention while talking Harley about... Harley will be back after... Maybe, yeah, uh, you know? we, we should talk before, because uh, it may be the last time we see him play, but it wasn't it good seeing little shit Aiden Ballantyne running around again? Yes. Like, hasn't Toby Green made you look, it's kind of like Donald Trump makes you look back at George W. Bush and go like, yeah. oh, oh, that's so bad. He was just an idiot. Yeah. This guy's evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Aiden Ballantyne, I was like, oh, he's cheeky. He's running around. He's oh. giving lip, you know, doing those cheeky little things. It's like, oh, at least he's not like, Toby Green. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I absolutely think that is the case. Um, yeah, look, I mean, love Ross Lyon. Don't know much about Fremantle. F from us. Yeah. Good, oh, good, big uh, goodbye to Penis Stadium. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the the penises will be at half-mast. Half half-mast. <laughs> Flushed. I hope they did. I hope they flew the penises at half-mast <laughs> for the final game. That's all I hope. Uh, and I hope that Fremantle are terrible. Well, I hope that Fremantle are better next year, but we beat them because we could not beat them this year. So uh, Collingwood in 13th place. Uh, Nathan Buckley was wrong. Uh, they did not need to make the finals for him to keep his job. Uh, they won uh, nine games in the end, lost 12, had a draw. Uh, so not a bad season, but not a, a great season either from Collingwood. I mean, every team, it depends on where your expectations were for them at the start of the year. I don't think I had much on Collingwood. To me, I feel like they've just had a bit of a nothing year. They've just gone in circles. They had a lot of injuries and stuff. When they've looked good, they've looked really good. But um, I don't know. They've got good players. Jamie Elliott makes them a much better team. Much better. But Jer- they, Jeremy, Jeremy Howe was awesome. Yeah, Jeremy year. Howe was awesome. That's that, that's your real Darcy, success story. Uh, Darcy Moore. Darcy Moore. from time to time. Yeah. I, I, yeah, a bit of an up and down season. But a little, little Dakes. Little Dakes got a run, which is exciting. Yeah, it was good to see more, the Little Dakes. More Little Dakes, please. Mason Cox was Mason Cox. <laughs> did some yeah. good things, did some really bad things. There's been, yeah, there's been a bit of whispers that the, he might be headed towards the Bulldogs and then... I just don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, you, you, what you need is another awkward, <laughs> well, tall. I don't target. think we have room for two. Yeah. So <laughs> I think uh, it'd have to be one out, one in. I think would have to be how it worked. But um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just found the whole Nathan Buckley drama thing very distracting this year and it made me have no interest in them for most of the year it was the most interesting thing about their season almost though wasn't it yeah, well, I mean I think part of the reason that it became it kept being such a story was what else were you talking about Collingwood yeah. apart from how who had an amazing season it, like I mean Pendlebury was great at times and you know seemed to be in and out at times and Heath Grundy also nominated for Mark of the Year yeah highlight for you. I mean Trelaw was fine but like it just didn't feel like they really. I mean, you know, Collingwood fans are probably screaming about you know someone who had a great season, but I can't. None, think of none anybody really else come to mind. Strawny, I think. <laughs> Strawny was good. You know what? Well, a good season for Strawny. Not as funny well, off the speak, field, but really. Speaking of Pies fans, though, like we've sort of, you know, both maintained all year that at least amongst our friends, the Collingwood supporters don't 
what weren't excited about Nathan Buckley, and I can't imagine they would still be excited considering it just had a very middling year. Um, I don't know. I'll give them a C. It wasn't a terrible year. It wasn't a great year. I think they sort of did what I thought they were going to do. C for Collingwood. Are you just giving oh my them God. the letter of the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give free on F. I'll give Collingwood a C. You'll never believe what I'm going to give the Bulldogs. Um, yeah, look, I am... The one, the thing about Collingwood that I wonder about is what, how do they get better? Like you know, I, that it, are they going to be in the market for like a? You haven't really. Also, heard... what about the Chris Main story? Well, this is wasn't that weird, crazy, <laughs> like shit. I just, well, I mean, what's your understanding of what happened? Like, no, you from you what you've heard this way. Okay, well, because I'm guaranteed to get it wrong. Well, uh, but I'm not sure that I understand right, it well, anyway. Let's just tell it the same which time. Which is, yeah, okay, at the exact so same there time. Was a, a, there was an error in his drafting, yes, right? But what was the error? Well, there's some contention <laughs> over we whether just it was. Look it up. We do have a computer, right? Yeah, but I'm this. okay. Well, all right, let's look it up. So uh, there'll be some. I'll pause it while I Google. I found an article here from John Ralph. Uh, this is from uh, a few days ago uh, from the Herald Sun. And uh, Collingwood will be forced to honour Chris Main's full $2 million contract despite his dramatic fall from grace. The Magpies continue to back away from Main on Friday as his father, Steve, hit out on Twitter at the club's lack of support for the 28-year-old. High-priced free agent Main was dropped by Collingwood after round three and Buckley hinted the Pies might come to a settlement with him. Okay, so they've signed him on four years. Uh, he hasn't played since round three. Or, you know, he's played a few games or whatever. Uh, he's on 500000 a year. He has three left, three years left on a $500,000 a year deal. No intention of agreeing to a settlement. His manager, Colin Young, refused to comment, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's believed Young and Main are bemused by suggestions that Buckley was not the key driver of the bid to secure Main. Right, so that's what Buckley said. Yeah. Uh, Steve Main made it clear uh, he believed Buckley wasn't supporting his son. Bullshit Buckley was in those meetings. <laughs> That's bullshit. Bullshit Buckley wasn't oh, in yeah. those meetings? No, bullshit, comma. I am. Buckley was. Buck- Buckley was in those meetings. Now hedging bets and a player suffers through zero fault of his own. Uh, perhaps you, AFL should ask if Buckley was in the original meeting and the role discussed question marks. Two sides to a story. So sad. (laughs) Sad. (laughs) He's a great player. Sad. Uh, Perhaps you should ask if Buckley was in the original meeting and the role was discussed. So, uh, Main then said that Buckley had thrown his son under the bus by dropping him and said the Pies needed to lift their forward fruit. Would you say he was thrown under the bucks? Under the bucks. He was thrown under the bucks. Uh, really, bottom two or three forward pressure. Who did you recruit to play that role? Gave him three games. Now throw him under the bus. Do you reckon, like Steve Main's, like uh, Chris Main? Sorry, is like Dad. Dad, can please. you please give me your phone? Like he's he's at home and he's complaining, and Dad's like, oh, "I've got this son. Yeah. <laughs> Get me my telephone." Uh, so it's understood Buckley made a pitch to Main about how he'd fit into the forward line as a harassing presence who could help organise the front six. Maine left that meeting in no doubt of Buckley's passion for his strengths and his enthusiasm for Maine to join Collingwood. Instead, like I was- said, you're gonna, it's going to be the main event. We'll get you down to Lexus Centre. 
That's we're going to call you, mate, the main event. Here he comes, the main event. <laughs> Buckley's only recruiting guys because he likes their last names. Yeah. You're going to play with a guy called Mason Cox. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, there were a few things mixed up with that, Buckley told us, the end of Maine's recruitment. Our director of football was flipping around and there were a few things that happened there that weren't ideal. It's been a tough year for Maney and we've got some decisions to make going forward That, uh, with that, but it hasn't been a great result in the first 12 months. Maney is currently playing VFL football and has been first class with his attitude and his commitment to the club and his team. But his dad is a fuckwit. A grade <laughs> fuckwit. I'm making a list of top five fuckwit dads and his dad, Steve Maine, is top of the list. He's the main guy. That's my little pun. Fuck you, Steve May. <laughs> Must be a drain on the main vein, said Buckley. <laughs> so there you go. Buckley says that he uh, didn't really want to offer him the deal. So I think there are big uh, kind of debate. Is that, on... is, that seems like nonsense. Well, the debate's over, I think, the length of the deal. Right, I think Buckley right. thought it was a three-year deal and maybe right. it was a four-year deal, but still. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't playing that well. It was a surprising... I mean, it was a surprising draft choice or trade choice. Well, it was like they were drafting, like they just needed that one more player to play finals. It must but, be weird as a player to have your career just stop. Because it can happen, even to players like with tremendous ability. If for whatever reason you don't fit into that structure of that club and you get put in the twos for like the last half of the year, even if you're a player with like a lot of ability, the fact that you've been tarnished with that means that other clubs will be like, well, we're not going to take a guy who can't even make, you know, the list at Col- the first at Collingwood. You know what I mean? Or is there a chance that <laughs> Maine is no good and is really lucky that he's fluked himself into a, a massive contract and that's the reason that he's like, no, I'm not going to settle. I've won the lottery. I just <laughs> bought fur shoes. <laughs> The reason I'm playing so well in the VFL is I'm walking around in my fur shoes, in my fur house, on my fucking baller contract for doing nothing but playing VFL. I'm the main man. See? It's on my grill in diamonds. And fur. (laughs) All right. So that's Collingwood. Yeah. Uh, Hawthorne uh, in 12th. Not as far down the ladder as... uh, Well, I had him in the 8th at the start of the season, but after the kind of first few rounds of the season, it seemed like they were going to be much worse than the 12th and sort of almost making the finals. It's hard to talk about Hawthorne. Like, you can't even say anything to make them feel bad because it's like that glow of those three flags, it's going to hold them for the next couple of years. Um, Insulate them from criticism. But I don't feel like it's going to take that long for him to come back anyway. Well, and this is the great appeal of this, the Gold Coast 30 Dozen idea as well. I think you're going to get a lot more Victorian tourists to the Gold Coast, where it's people like me wanting to go and see Bob Murphy one more time. Yes. Or it's people wanting to go and see Luke Hodge kind yeah. of organise a team one more time. You're actually going to get all those other like clubs having a bit of a passion for your team and an involvement in your team. Cause it's like, it's like going to Vegas mm. and seeing all your favorite acts. Yeah. They're not at their prime, but you're still getting to see them and actually going to get to see them perform together. So I think there's some real appeal in it. 
Anyway, back to that idea. <laughs> I was going to say, what does it have to do with Hawthorne? Uh, well, uh, Hawthorne, I guess, they were that team to a certain extent. Yes. Like, I mean, They've got heaps of dirty dozen. Yeah. You've got a Josh Gibson you can throw in there, a Sam Mitchell and a Luke uh, Hodge. I mean, Gibbo on the Gold Coast. Oh, shit. I mean, can just... you imagine how many people would be pregnant after I'm, that season? I mean, see, and it's even great for... I mean, Hawthorne did win out of that because they get like eight father-sons. <laughs> Eight of the hottest that have the hottest. Well, at least eight hottest, father sons that he knows about. I like literally the hottest backline of all time. Hawthorne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, how would you grade them? Considering that you were going to put them in the eight, do you consider this like what's your no? Eight, I think this eight is a, a F. I think this is a really successful season for them because I actually think they. There was they were probably they stopped, a lot dropped, worse. and rolled, and they then got, they made it. The they, flames were licking away. They stopped, dropped, and rolled, and they managed to sort of get up with only just minor burns, right? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, they, or they did that sort of thing of like you know when you trip on the footpath, and yeah, they turned into a run, and everybody went like, "Oh, did you trip, or were you nah. actually just maybe you were just running the whole time?" Yeah, I mean, I, there is a danger they could drop off again next year, but I just I think they probably will. I think they'll probably finish about the same place on the ladder next year. But, but they're not going to bottom but out. They'll, they'll be, be like a yeah. Sydney or a Geelong where they'll... and they'll be back in a couple of years. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> well, I mean, and imagine if they land some other big fish. Because here's the thing: no one's talking about Hawthorne drafting somebody else. But oh, I did see that apparently Vickery might be on the market. Yeah, him and uh, Chris Main. <laughs> you get them. Those two will be like, you know, when you go to the video store and they'd be like, you know, you could get double impact one, two, and three for like seven bucks. We'll give you Zach Dawson, Chris Main. Well, no, it's it's more like a, if you like Tyron this, Vickery. we'll also throw in this. Yeah, yeah. You don't really need either of these things. No, but, but with the DVDs, because they'd often try and group together like theme films. So it'd be like a shitty Jean-Claude Van Damme film, a shitty Steven Seagal film. So you get like a Tyrone Vickery, a Zach Dawson and a Chris Mayne. That makes a good triple pack for seven under seven bucks at, right. at Brashes. Yeah, that's a night out. Yeah. If you want to have like, yeah, it just, yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if that was the Gold Coast seconds. See, this is how they could really get involved. You could have your sort of dirty dozen in the seniors, but you could have kind of like a B team going around in like the local competition. Well, you know, this is how good Hawthorne are. Even Tyrone Vickery could not bring them down. <laughs> like, it looked like he was going to for a while. But yeah, I know, absolutely. Well, I mean, mid-season, it looked like it was all going to blow up in their face. But they'll probably just trade him out and get someone really great. I mean, he would have been on a two-year contract, I imagine. Yeah, he was. I definitely, like, they definitely need to get a trade for him or they'll lose some money. Yeah, so I'll give Hawthorne a, a C plus. Yeah, I reckon Hawthorne are a B. I think it's a good story. Like... I, it, you know, I, I love that Clarko came out this week and said that, like, after, like, round six or whatever, that he went to the club and, like, offered to resign. Offered, like, you know, if you don't want me, if I'm not part of the future. That you would, reckon, that how would, much do you re- reckon he meant that, though? That's more like asking your partner, do you still find me sexy? <laughs> of course I do. Are you crazy? You're beautiful. Come here. Stop that. Like, you don't actually have a doubt. You just need a bit of the... Pepper. Yeah, and the other thing is, you got to, they know that they've got to say it because they know that he's in the sort of shape that he could easily fall into another relationship. <laughs> You've seen how other clubs look at him. You know he'd have no trouble finding someone else to suit him. But would you find someone no, else? I mean, you've let yourself you, go in the last couple of years. I mean, there's the excitement of someone <laughs> new, but then there's the excitement of someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, all right, Hawthorne. And then uh, like two teams that we... Well, hang on, what have we done? Is that what we've done? Free, uh, Fremantle, Collingwood, Hawthorne. We have to do one more, St Kilda. Uh so St Kilda, uh, what did you think of St Kilda? We've talked about this a little bit. Ah, uh, you know, plateau year, uh, but geez, disappointing. Like we just, there's a few. We just kicked so terribly. We had the worst goal kicking of any team this season, and I don't. I was never a kind of subscriber to oh, goal kicking's got worse or whatever. And then it hit my team, and I'm like, Jesus. I mean, I'm wondering if it's the game plan, if it's the style of play that high pressure play just means there's no energy left to kick for goal. Maybe they have to change that, but. As everyone has observed, we seem like we are a, an A-class or two players short of being a good team. We don't have that Bontempelli or that Dangerfield or that Dustin Martin. Yet. Yet. And there I could mean, be there's a, But it could be Kelly. Mm. Like, I mean, there's got to be a fair chance that St. The fact that he hasn't signed still, it's got to start making clubs feel a little optimistic about the fact that he might be still available. You know, I mean, even Dusty Martin signed up now. Like, the fact that he's going into the finals without having signed a contract and St Kilda have all this money and, you know, there's talk and, you know, North obviously threw all their fucking eggs in the Dustin Martin basket. I th- And the fact, I just think that St Kilda have got to be... Bold. I'm, well, I mean, it's there's a bit of talk that is between them and Carlton, mm. which I feel like, you know, is that battle of, like... I mean, because if he goes to Carlton, then it's just like, ah, fuck you. You're yeah. like, you're the new Chris Judd. Yeah. And we have to kind of like, uh, fucking Carlton. Carlton. Right, you know? Even when they're shit, they get good players. Right. But St Kilda, I could see that. And I, he's obviously a player who would incredibly well, got, improve your I mean, team. I think they, they, they talk about, he's got mates. Apparently, he's very good mates with um, Jack Steele. And I think Jack Billings as well. They're in the same draft. So, but I don't know how much that plays. And I just, if I was Josh Kelly, like, why not see how this, GWS thing goes for the rest, you know, another next two years, whatever it is. And then he'll still have every club wanting him. And he might be a premiership player by then. Well, he might be at the end of this year, you know? I mean, maybe it comes down to that. Maybe if he wins, he just goes, yeah, all right. Well, I won my premiership. Now I can go off and like, I think he's the sort of player. I think he's one of those players, Dangerfield style where he wants, I think he could, he's a good enough player that he could go to a club like St Kilda and suddenly make you a competitor, you know? And I think he's the sort of player who like, he might hate some of those other GWS players, you know, in the same way we do, <laughs> you know? I feel like he's that sort of player. I feel like he'd be better at another club hating those guys and playing against them than he is playing alongside them. Yeah. I mean, I think if we could get a player like Kelly, I just, I'm not, I'm not trying to get optimistic about that. I'm just, I'm hoping what will happen next year is all those players who got into the 50-game bracket this year, like your Blake Akers, your Seb Rosses, your Jack Billings, all those kind of guys. Jade Gresham's got 40 games in him now. He's a, well, you know what? He's a gun. Jade Gresham, I reckon, could be like a Boomer Harvey. Like once he actually gets a tank, he's an amazing small forward at the moment, very evasive, but he can't run out entire games. But I reckon he could be that midfield spark next year and so Ross, Ross had a good season Seb like, Ross had a great season yeah. and but we just when you look at uh, Jay Gresham he has all this natural ability it's that kind of high draft pick Josh Kelly you know Dustin Martin ability that you can't we've got a lot of workmen like midfielders but we just don't have that explosive exciting person like a danger field or anything like that so that's what I'm hanging my hat on is maybe next year but I think it's a disappointing year I mean we won one less game than last year I reckon C for me. Yeah, I reckon C. That's about right. I, yeah, I had I thought St Kilda would make the eight this year, but I think 
They they were all right. They they were never they were they had some times when they were great and they were never I didn't think too terrible, but they were yeah, obviously ordinary. And a we lot did of the time. and we did do we won we did some things we had to do which is like beat some interstate teams and we reduced had no thrashings this year. And it felt like a transition year. Like I mean, it felt like the year that like Rui and you know Joey, Joey had to have, but. You know, I think that, you know, now they're kind of confident enough and bold enough to see that they can do it without them. They had that year where they didn't rely Hand on them every single week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was yeah, a transition the training, the training wheels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Nick Revolt and Joy are running behind them on the right. bike. You can say, we're going to let go. Come we're going to let go. Come we're going to let go. Yeah. Yeah, one day I won't be here, and then suddenly you look around and there's no Rui because he's playing on the Gold Coast <laughs> as part of the, the Dirty, Dirty Dozen. Dozen. I love it. All right, so that's our fall. We'll uh, okay. get to the other two, Melbourne and the Bulldogs, next week when we talk about the two teams that have been eliminated from the finals. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Yep. Um, all right, so should we just uh, do our tips? I can't remember if we did it last week, but if if, if not, let's let's do it now. I mean, I don't know what we did last week either. I can't really remember. Oh, but, but you remember the Buddy Luke Hodge thing. Let's do our tips again. Well, I only remember that mostly because people started saying Well, if we have done our tips, it. I'd be interested to know if they've changed. Oh, yeah, right? Well, that's okay. We can, yeah, exactly. We can change our tips. Uh, all right, so these are the games uh, this weekend coming up. Thursday night is the first game, of course. Uh, it's the Adelaide Crows in Adelaide taking on GWS. Who do you think will win that? Did GWS beat them this year at Amy Park? Oh, Not Amy know. Park. Amy. <laughs> yeah, because it's 2007. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did GWS beat them in a year when most of their players weren't born? <laughs> no. No, I don't think so. Uh, I feel like Adelaide will win this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Adelaide at home against the Giants, but um, uh, you never know. Uh, Geelong Cats playing Richmond oh, in just what is what like, a tantalising game. I mean, they think they're going to like they're going to go close to well high nineties anyway. Uh, sold out. Uh, hope all the uh, MCC members go and just absolutely pack it to the rafters. Uh, should be an amazing. You game know what? Of I just fucking realised I've arranged to have drinks with someone on Friday, and I really would rather be watching this game. Do you think I can record it? Because like, I think I'll be home by about like nine o'clock. Uh-huh. Do you think I can record it and be tempted not to look at my phone and get and actually just like... Yeah, I you think, think you so. Could. All right. I'll give it a go. Okay. I mean, you'll get to see the last bit anyway. It I just imagine, but I just get the feeling something very Richmondy happened in the first What's half. the most Richmondy thing to happen like in, in this game? Half. What do you think? Are they? Is it more Richmondy for them to come out of the box on fire, or is it more Richmondy mm. to just like completely get stage well, fright on the biggest game? It depends on what we believe the ultimate storyline is going to be, because for them to come out barnstorming and then get run over, I feel like we've heard that before. Right, Carlton in the elimination final a few years ago, maybe two years in a row. So I feel like I feel like they're going to win this. Right, I feel like they're going to win it fucking convincingly. I feel like those fans are going to be delirious in the stands. Well, that's a perfect time for them to get a week off yes. so that they can really just let that <laughs> excitement boil and bubble and the expectation just rise. Like ants under the skin of an, an a guy on acid. <laughs> fucking level. As every moment they walk down the street, they're getting patted on the back and they're being told that this is Richmond's year and they're going all the way. As people yell yellow and black at a passing cars going, Going by, and every time they hear those words, they just echo in their minds. Oh yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. They just smashed along, and then have two weeks of just raising their expectations. <laughs> the oh. lid is off. Yeah, that's right. The lid would be off. Yeah, the okay, li- I'm into that. Yeah, the Richmond lid will be in the stratosphere. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, okay, so we're both going for the Tigers. Um, that'll make the person who uh, messages us at nearly every week <laughs> on our Facebook Geelong. page about Geelong really mad. <laughs> but anyway. she And she says that we have written Geelong off most of the year. I don't feel like we have. Well, I don't know. I, I didn't have him in my eight at the start of the season. Okay, maybe obviously, she's talking to you. They're then. obviously a very good football team. And every week when I pick against them, they tend to win and then I look foolish. But anyway, I'm picking against them again. I think Richmond are going to win on Friday night because I want the dream. I just, I can't. <laughs> I just want, I want that. Yeah. You want to do it just so you can take a trip to Melbourne and go down uh, Hunt Road. Just soak it up. Swan Street. Just, just hang out. Soak just the nervous tension everywhere you go. I'd love it. Uh, Saturday at 4.20, uh, in, in tribute to stoners, uh, <laughs> in tribute to Stephen Dank, uh, Essendon are playing the Sydney Swans at 4.20. So, uh, Sydney in Sydney against Essendon. Is Look, it SCG? Yeah, at the SCG. So this is a game that I think Essendon have a game that if they are on fire is very competitive against Sydney. It's, yeah. that, it's that fast run and gun game that the Bulldogs play as well that, um, Sydney can't Sydney, it's it is some way you can get it. Sydney, I think it's the, it's the it's just the the experience of a team that is as finals hardened as Sydney will be the difference. You know what I mean? Because there's suddenly a lot of psychological pressure, and the crowd's going to be bloodthirsty. And I mean Essendon on ability, sure, but they're still a young side. And I just reckon Sydney just they're they're, they're the fucking professional. It's like Leon the professional. Up against a you know a complete amateur when it comes to finals. Well, we both think that GWS are going to lose, right? Yeah. So I don't know how the finals work. I don't know which team ends up playing which other team. Like I don't, I'm not quite sure how that works. But so for example, that would mean that if Sydney won, mm. uh, they would play either uh, <clears throat> on our tips. Yeah. They play either Geelong or GWS, GWS. right? So Sydney G- GWS, if that were to be the case, is a tantalising game. So that'd be. Awesome. If Essendon won and they played Geelong, that'd be awesome. Uh, you know, at the MCG, that'd be a pretty cool game. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say Sydney. But I that if I'm looking, if there was going to be an upset this round, I reckon that might be the one. I could see Essendon winning that. But I'm going to say I'm going to trust that Sydney have done the job so well and Buddy's on fire and they just seem like they're flying. That they'll just be too good. I think so. Uh, and then I hope they play GWS. If that's how the draw works, that'd be really fucking cool. Uh, and then uh, in the final game, seven twenty on Saturday night, Port Adelaide are playing the West Coast Eagles. Who cares? <laughs> so- <laughs> it really. I mean, after uh, the fucking blockbusters we just analysed, that was very underwhelming. Ah, uh, who cares? Um, I guess Port Adelaide will win that. No, I hope Port Adelaide will win that. I mean, it would be terrible if. Um, I mean, it'd be terrible if after all we've written West Coast off this season that they just suddenly you know, get <laughs> a bulldog final long like streak through the finals. But I mean, it'd be great. Hey, okay, I'd love to see JJK. I mean, obviously we've got behind him this year. I'd love to see uh, Matty Prittis, whether he is a surfer or a robot. <laughs> um, I'd like to see him. Nick Natanui, probably. Well, maybe, right? Maybe. That'd be amazing. Like, I mean, if they played far enough into the finals that they could kind of, you know, reveal Nick Nat into the finals, that'd be a pretty cool story for West yeah, Coast. Awesome. But I think Port, Port have got a bit of momentum. Um, you know, they're at home. Paddy Ryder. Paddy Ryder. Yeah, I just think, um, yeah, Dixon, I think they're just going to be a tiny little bit too good. But um, I, funnily enough, I don't know why. I've just like, I there's, there's part of me that's almost convinced myself I'd like West Coast to win this one. But I think Port Adelaide will. 
Uh, I think Bordeaux will as well. Um, we have a couple of live shows coming up. On not for this podcast. Not for this. But it's, it's kind of like, I mean. We uh, do this other podcast called Tofop, which yeah. is like this. But like we talk about footy not quite as much. Yeah, exactly. We actually started this podcast yeah. because we used to talk about footy on the other one so Too much, much that people said, shut up. Shut up. Do that somewhere and else. And we said, we won't. We'll <laughs> do it somewhere else. <laughs> And most of you will come and listen to it anyway. Uh, but it's Will and I on stage with a bunch of very funny comedians. So many funny comedians. Like a list of funny comedians. Do you want to drop some names? Okay. Well, I'll give you some names. I did this on our other podcast. Okay. Like some of these are true, some of these are not. Okay. That's what I would tell right. you, right? Okay, sure. Okay. So um, uh, Luke McGregor, yep. Luke Wilson, uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, uh, Becky Lucas, George Lucas. I think you should do it with AFL players. Oh, that's better. That's yeah. good. All right. Okay. But then they'll know because the one. Okay. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> you think that couldn't? Um, you good, do think your, good your, your, your puzzle no. is so cryptic? You're right. Yeah. It's a good point. Okay. Rove McManus, Sean, Sean McManus. McManus. <laughs> <laughs> I may have led with my trump card, though. Yeah. I think that was the easiest one that I had. Becky Lucas, Scott Lucas. Scott Lucas. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh. Anne Edmonds, Shane Edmonds. <laughs> Cam Knight, Matthew Knight. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's okay. Oh, Cameron oh, Knight, Jeremy Cameron. Oh, yeah. Okay, Jeremy Cameron. Oh, yeah, I like that. That's yeah. creative. Okay. Uh, Justin Hamilton. Uh, Justin Kaczynski. <laughs> <laughs> not going to come on if you can't pronounce his last name. Kaczynski. Kozzy. Good Kozzy. Everyone knows Kozzy. Um... Uh, Cal Wilson, um, uh, Calvin Templeton, <laughs> play for was it Port? I can't remember. Yeah, Calvin Templeton. <laughs> Calvin Templeton. Um, I don't know. That might be it. Oh no, Luke McGregor and Scott McGregor. Scott McGregor. There you go. John Deeks. Oh yeah, and <laughs> John Kennedy. <laughs> I mean, not your best moment, but <laughs> sure. Improv's hard. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. and. Yes, and. So that was a great uh, We also have a website, tofop.com, where you can find this and many other podcasts. We're also on Facebook and we're both on Twitter. Uh, anything else? Uh, Patreon. Oh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash tofop, where you can just uh, th- check in a couple of bucks. It just helps us run the show. And also, uh, I will be speaking at the Oz Pod Convention. Shut up. Uh, this Friday. What, on a panel or by yourself? How's it, what, what are you doing? I believe there's a bunch of podcasters uh, being uh, doing these mini kind of interviews with uh, Osher Ginsberg. This oh. is seven minute like, hey, what's your podcast and how'd you get into it? Um, it was funny because uh, our podcast, our, our other podcast, Tofop stands for 30 odd foot of pod. And when they sent me the program, they had listed me as being on a podcast called 30 odd foot of, 30 odd foot of footy. Right. <laughs> Tofop. Top. Which was and actually was, like, was that one of the names one of, of the suggestions when we were trying to come up with the name? We were like, why don't we just call it thirty odd foot foot of footy? Foot, foot, foot. So what I'm trying to say is that Ozpod has hacked my computer. Yeah. So uh, well, I'm glad they invited you and not me. So anyway, good. good You're luck busy. With that. You got stuff to do. I actually do have stuff to do. Play on, not fifteen. Bob. <laughs> we are two guys, one car.